Good evening. Welcome to this week's Politically Incorrect podcast. This week's Politically Incorrect. With your host, Andrew Schechter, this week's Politically Incorrect podcast topic is the truth about reality. Brought to you by EternalAffairsMedia.com, also known as EA Truth Media. Your host tonight is myself, Andrew Schechter, author of Dark Water, Game Over, and two-time delegate for Donald Trump through Republican National Convention. Please help us with a donation at donate.eamedia.online or by buying some bling at store.eamedia.online. Help keep the truth online. Open with a prayer as always. Heavenly Father, we're a world in turmoil, a world in chaos. We're a nation in turmoil, a nation in chaos. We ask for your help and your and, and your salvation, your guidance in how to proceed your guidance in how to save our great country. We ask for your protection as we go along the path that is before us, an unknown path. As always, but a path that we follow that leads to your everlasting love in heaven. We pray these things in your great name. Amen. Again, a quick shout out to a couple of our patrons, Lisa, Reverend Dave, Alicia, and Catherine. Always uh, welcome to support. These uh, podcasts cost money to run, and uh, uh, we always appreciate any any support you can you can offer. Again, donate.eamedia.online, a dollar, five dollars, ten dollars, whatever you can afford. Absolutely wonderful to help keep the, the news online, the truth online. <clears throat> I ran a test podcast, so I'm, I should be being heard tonight. Uh, there were some issues last week, unfortunately, and the podcast didn't run properly. So hopefully that those issues are resolved. The issue tonight is the truth about reality, a topic that came to me while thinking about the national economy and the monetary system. We're going to talk about the monetary system. We're going to talk about politics. We're going to talk a little bit about religion to put all this in place to realize what is real and what is not. One of the slogans from uh, RT America. We begin in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. And God said, Let there be light. And there was light. Great first paragraph, the first sentence of Genesis. Light and earth from nothing. So we look at the reality of life to open up the podcast today. And the Bible and the other great works of the other religions of the world all state that we came from pretty much nothing and were created. <clears throat> Scientists will argue that point that we evolved as humans, but where did we come from initially? You know, Science has long sought out 
the most infinitesimal particle that something is made of. So we're going to talk humans and the planet and the rocks and the earth and the air and, and galaxies. But if you take the molecule, you know, when I was a kid, when I was back in school in the 70s and 60s, they taught us that the atom was you know, the smallest particle you could break down matter into. Then they broke the atom down. They didn't realize that there were actually not more, more particles below that. So they started delving into it. The deeper they went, the more they realized that molecules, atoms, and matter are made of nothing. It's absolutely right. Made of 100% nothing. Zero. The electrons and the protons and the neutrons are all made up of tiny subatomic particles that are basically just energy. Energy spinning in circles, holding each other together by energy. And the space between them is phenomenal. If you went down and with your super electron microscope or even more powerful equipment, the space between every atom in the body, in a human body or in a piece of rock or whatever you pick up that exists would be the equivalent of going from Earth to Mars. Which is why things such as neutrinos, one of the smallest particles, it's a massless particle that exists, fly through space, come from millions and millions and billions of miles, and fly not only through us, but through our planet and through stars. Because they're made of nothing. They don't exist. So what is our reality? Our reality shows us that we're human beings, solid standing upon a planet, created by the grace of God. And when you think about that, doesn't become so far-fetched to realize that we could be created by a greater intelligence. We could be congealed from this electric force, electromagnetic force, electric force, from nothing. We could be just an image in God's mind. And that opens it up, the topic up for what we believe in. We really, truly believe we are solid. We believe we're important to each other, to our planet, to our forefathers and to our children. Yet we don't really exist. We exist only in that we perceive. If we did not perceive, we would not exist. The tree falls in the forest. Did it really fall? Why do I bring this up? Obviously, this show is not typically about philosophy, though I'm a grand philosopher. I, I love thinking about these things and coming to these conclusions. But I like to base my conclusions on science. As a scientist, as an engineer, and as a minister, I can combine the two. You know, you can't split these, these apart because they're going to meet in the middle someday. And when science shows us that we don't exist, that we are just energy, no, no more, no less than a television show, basically a projection of God's will and imagery, 
then you've got to think twice about what is reality. Now, the purpose of this show tonight, and uh, by by the way, folks, I, I, I made a huge investment in, in equipment and to make sure that my equipment was working and and not the the Podbean platform. And we had a, we had some discussions, and hopefully everything's working well tonight. But I did a few test programs, and 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 they and they and they really went well. So I'm crossing my fingers. Um, but if there's ever any problems, please uh, please do let me know. Uh, thank you, Joanne. Please do let me know if there's any issues. Um, but I I, I think and um, by the way, if anybody has any problems with their internet connections, that was one of the issues we were having. Um, an upgrade to a to a to a more superior, more expensive uh, router uh, used external to whatever source you have for your internet definitely makes a difference. Uh, I find it was uh, a big, a great asset to uh, everything in general using the internet. It's a pleasure and a joy. So consider your connections always. So on to the topic for the evening. That's my 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 little pitch in case you're having problems connecting. But anyway, my my topic for tonight arose when I was watching a show on RT America, which is one of my favorite uh, media outlets, because they provide both sides, because they, they're really not uh, single-sided or, or against America or anything. They, they really do provide a great challenge. They have a couple of real uh, flaming liberals on there, too, with their shows. Uh, so they do, do provide both sides of the, uh, of the, of the discussion many times. And uh, thank you, Marilyn. Um, just make sure I'm getting out tonight. I, I talked for 15 minutes last week and, 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 and absolutely no one heard me. And even the recording showed nothing. So hopefully that never happens again. Um, I was very distressed. It was supposed to be a really good show. Oh, and by the way, before I get into the main topic, for those who haven't been watching the, the headlines of cryptocurrency, the last week was on cryptocurrency. Most of it went bad, unfortunately, the show, but it's gone through the roof today. I, uh, made thousands of dollars just today in one in one day and i don't even have that much money invested in it but whatever is going on it's a huge thing and that's another point to this podcast tonight is what's the value of these things so this all comes to pass in 24 hours my son turned or my sister's a kid rather her son turned a thousand dollars into four thousand dollars in 24 hours in cryptocurrency all by being promoted and they said it couldn't be done. And this is, was the other reason for the topic tonight. They, what is the value? You know, there's over 200 cryptocurrencies in existence. Bitcoin is the biggest of them with over $63,000. It topped almost 64 today. And cryptocurrencies trade 24 seven. What is the value if it's not used? What is the value if there's no physical connection to it? And I thought to myself, you know, you've got this doggy coin. That's what I call it. And it has literally no value in January. I mean, you could buy tens of thousands of them in January. There's over a billion dollars now in this currency, which is now trading at about 25 cents a coin. Big difference from 0. 0.0001 cent. But the point is, there's billions of dollars that people have tied up and are trading in this currency. You'd think that the business 
corporations and the businesses would want a piece of that action. And that's what's actually happening. In fact, Slim Jim just came in and promoted this coin. Um, Elon Musk promoted it. Elon Musk promoted Bitcoin. And in fact, you can buy a Tesla with Bitcoin. Now let's get on to the topic. Now that we've had that opening, let's look at the value of us, of our, of ourselves, of the things that we deal with every on a daily basis. So let's go back a hundred thousand years to the traders and the farmers and the early farmers and people that made various goods that invented and discovered copper and iron. So when a trader came into town and said, "Hey," Do you have any steak? I'm hungry. And he said, yeah, I've got steak. What do you got? He said, I've got copper. Goes, What's copper? Well, with copper, you can make knives and swords. You can get your own steaks. Like, wow, we need copper. So the tradesperson came in and handed the... Uh, the, the, the person with the steak, a piece of copper, and the person with the steak traded a piece of steak and they sat down and broke bread together. One party received a, a, a meal. The other party received material to make a sword. There's value to that. You know that one steak is worth one sword. Time went on. As time went on, it became difficult to measure in wheat and rye. And in, in the early days of uh, Rome, and Greece, and, and other countries, they, a lot of the trades with a lot of dowries till, till very recent times, even in the 18th, 19th century, a lot of dowries in, in India were paid off with cows, rice, things of value. Well, suddenly gold and silver became a value. Now, I'm going to ask you a question, folks. We, we're going to talk cryptocurrency. We're going to talk fiat dollars. We're going to talk about the current situation of spending trillions and trillions of imaginary dollars and why the Fed says it's not going to affect the economy. This is going to get interesting, folks. So we started trading in gold and silver. Well, what is gold? What is what is silver? Think. I want you to think about this clearly. If the world ended tomorrow, if we were, if if an asteroid hit, or World War Three occurred, and, and hydrogen bombs were flying left and right, and a few hundred people were left on this planet with nothing, none of the resources that we have today, no one to run the nuclear plants or the or the or dam the rivers to make electricity, and no one to talk to anyway. Why would you need all the technology when there's no one on the planet left? If that day came to pass. And someone handed you a five-pound brick of solid gold. What value would that have? What can you do with a five-pound? Think about it seriously. What can you do with a five-pound brick of solid gold when the monetary system is gone? What can you do with a hundred pounds of silver? Doesn't even make good bullets. It's worthless rock is what it amounts to. 
our entire economy until the early 1970s when Richard Nixon finally eliminated the last of the gold standard was based on a piece of rock. Yet everybody says we need to go back to the gold standard. Well, now there, here's the key. Gold is of limited access. There's not that much on the planet. Silver, there's, there's more, but not, it's still not a lot. So people set the value of this piece of rock and said this rock is worth X amount. And then people started divvying this rock up. So if you have 100 people and each one has a dollar and they're charging $100 for that rock and now 1,000 people want that, that dollar becomes worthless, but more, and not worthless, but worthless. But more people have those dollars and you've got an economy. But it's based on a piece of rock that has no value to anyone in, in times of, of emergency or need. And yet they're saying we need to go back to this gold standard. I'm not going to help, folks. The reason that you go to the gold standard is the same reason that Bitcoin is $64,000 a coin now when it started out at 10 cents a coin 15 years ago. You have a limited asset. This is what they're telling us. Because it's limited quantity, it becomes rare. They created these things called non-fungible tokens. This was the whole purpose of last week's episode. It didn't quite come over 100%. Non-fungible token means that you can't, you can't trade it. You can't exchange it. You can own it. And they're, and they're selling these stupid things like a comic or a, a meme or, 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 or something stupid like that. And they're selling for tens of thousands of dollars because the person that made it is an Elon Musk. Or Beyonce. It's stupid. Why would you want to own something stupid like that? Because there's only one of them. See, this is the reality. The reality is not that things are limited, but the reality is what people make of the situation. So in the case of Bitcoin, there's a limited quantity that can be minted. The more you mint, the harder it gets becomes to mint them. And eventually you run out of computing power. So they it appears to be worth a lot because people want to get into it. And there's only so many coins out there. The value of the coin goes up. But the value of the piece that you own or I own, what it can actually buy, remains stagnant. Now, this, I call it doggy coin. I don't know how you pronounce it, but all I know is it's making me a ton of money right now. This D-O-G-E, doggy, doggy coin. I bought a whole bunch of that at six cents. It's up to about, it's up to about almost 28 cents now. But anyway, there's an unlimited amount of that coin that could be produced. Everybody said it's going to be worthless. Going through the roof. It was 0. 0.001 cent. For the last, since 2013, when they came up with this meme coin that was designed as a joke. And January of this year, wham, suddenly cryptocurrency becomes worth a ton. But it's unlimited. The Fed said things that are unlimited. Don't make money. 
The financial community says things that are unlimited don't make money. But it's making money. Because people want it. People, when you when when people want something, they don't care whether it's limited or unlimited. They don't care what the pundits say. They just care that they have it in their possession. Yeah, if you want a Rolex watch and somebody sells you one for five thousand dollars, you're gonna buy it, even though it's just a hundred dollar watch made by a manufacturer that's ripping off the public. Why would you spend five, ten thousand dollars on a Rolex watch when it's the same thing you can buy for two hundred bucks from a reputable vendor? So that's why the economists are there's puzzled. You know, Wall Street bets is a great thing. Check that out on Reddit. Wall Street bets. These are the kids out there. They are absolutely insane. They've taken this economy and this world, flipped it upside down, ringed it with their fingers and their hands, and are making fun of it and a mockery of our economy. And they're getting away with it. There's a couple that made $100 million on GameStop, buying GameStop, buying stock of a bankrupt company. And jacking it through the roof. But they did it because they wanted it. The economist said that can't happen. Nobody's going to want to buy a bankrupt company because the bankrupt, the stock's going to go down. So they shorted it. Guess what they lost? Trillions of dollars. And they lost it to 16, 18, 20 year old kids because they wanted it. Now, how does this relate? to our economy. Well, let's look at our fiat money. You see, people call it fiat money and people I talk to, they always come after me and they say, look, the dollar bill used to be based on, you know, backed by gold, backed by silver. I look at it and I say, and? What do you mean, and? You can go to the bank and you could get gold for your money. I go, and? Well, gold is gold. I said, yeah, gold is gold. What the hell are you going to do with gold? What are you going to do with a 10-pound block of gold? Too soft to make bullets out of. Too soft to make silverware or spoons out of. You can make necklaces out of it and charms. We never had real currency, folks. Our dollar bill was always based on fake materials. It was based on a promise. It even says it's a promissory note. A promise to do certain things in exchange for that piece of paper. And now you don't even get paper. You know, you used to get a piece of paper that was worth a hundredth of a cent. Now when you get paid at the end of the week, you get nothing. Literally, you work all week and you get nothing. What can you put in your hand when you're done working for that week? Can you put a stake in your hand? Can you put gold in your hand? Can you put a piece of paper in your hand? No, it's all electrons in the computer. It's electronically transferred into an account. You've got numbers in the account. Well, I saw that evaporate in one of my brokerage accounts about a month ago. That were $12,000 in that account. Woke up the next day, there was $0 in it. What the hell? And I couldn't reach the brokerage. It's like they were out of business. Well, guess what, folks? That $12,000 evaporated. Poof, gone. Doesn't exist. It's fake. 
Now it turned out to be an, a, a computer glitch. But what if that glitch had been permanent? What if that glitch had been unrecoverable? There's no more paper. There's no more file cabinets with backup information. Gone. It would be gone. It's imaginary. It's illusionary. So we're putting trillions and trillions of dollars into the economy. These trillions of dollars are not being printed. People say you print money. You do not print money. You create money. You create funds and money. You create electrons. No one's sitting there printing bills. They print debt. The federal government has debt to the Federal Reserve. The Federal Reserve creates money, but it never gets into circulation because the debt never gets paid. The, Fe the Federal Reserve holds that debt in arrears. And when it does, God forbid, reach the economy, they're saying it's going to crush, crush the economy. Guess what the Fed said? No, it's not going to be a problem. And the funny thing is, it's not. You're not going to see basketfuls of bills to go out and go do your grocery shopping anytime soon. Because we're not Argentina. We're not pre-World War II Germany or Poland. We're America. We value our goods. We value our money. And we will adjust. Prices will go up. Wages will follow. But we will adjust. We will fool the pundits because the stuff out there is valueless except to those who perceive it as having value. There literally is nothing. There is a vapor. It's vaporware. but it's only worth what we perceive it to be worth. You know, they tried putting prices up on certain goods in the supermarkets when uh, everything with pandemic started last year. Lasted all of a month because nobody bought the stuff. It wasn't worth it. A piece of steak isn't worth 30, 40 bucks. So they raised it, it went up, but not by the kind of money they were looking for it because people don't want to spend that money. So cryptocurrency is no different. And the, the ultimate goal, I guess, is to have a crypto world for the dollar bill. And everybody said, oh my goodness, we're going to be so SOL. I don't want to see the dollar bill go away anywhere near to it. If the dollar bill goes away, you know what's going to happen? Private cryptos are going to come back in, like Dogecoin and like uh, uh, Ethereum. People will be trading in their own fake currency. And it's funny because about five years ago, I was talking, well, in the council, borough council, I was talking to some of the council members. I said, "Why don't we start a borough, a borough, a borough money?" So, well, you can't, you can't print money. I said, "Just write Constitution of." 
uh, says only the federal government can print money. Well, guess what? Cryptocurrency is not money. It's promissory note. It's a promissory, an illusionary promissory coin. And they laughed at me and said I was stupid. And I said, you know what? One of these days you're going to see that you're going to see the average person go in there and create their own money, and the federal government won't be able to do a darn thing about it. That I was right. Now they're scared. They're really scared because right now all of this fake money that the fiat money that they've printed, allegedly printed, and I, by printed I mean put on the on the rolls, so to speak. And by the way, for every dollar that they print, that they don't pr actually print, they have the serial numbers for. It is a marked and known quantity, usually in uh, blocks of so many dollars. And that block then could be actually printed if they needed to print money. But they're scared now because last I heard was that there's as much cryptocurrency in the United States of America as there is fiat money. And now you can buy a Tesla with it. You can go to the football game with it. Little by little, you're going to see a lot of things be able to be purchased with this cryptocurrency. And I think you're going to see three levels. Now, I'm making my prediction for the future, folks. If you want, if you want to invest in something, I'm, I'm not an investment advisor. I don't have a license, but I've made plenty of money in, in, the, in the back end and, and been very successful. I could have made more, but I'm, I, I'm, I'm a very frugal. All right, I'm a cheap bastard, okay? So I could have made a lot more if I hadn't been so cheap and scared. But cryptocurrency is the thing to get into. I'm not Bitcoin. Forget Bitcoin. Bitcoin, see, there's three levels. I'm going to tell you what the three levels are. And then you can figure out on your own where I'm investing my money. There's three levels. There's the federal government and the, and the, and the, and the, uh, the, dark, the deep state government and, and the Federal Reserve and the um, World Bank. They're all the same. They're all crooks. So there's a there, there's the world banks, and they're going to have a cryptocurrency of their own. They're going to have the dollar based on some kind of crypto, and it's going to happen very quickly, especially with what's going on right now. But Bitcoin's not going away, and Bitcoin's not going to be that crypto. Bitcoin is the coin of the rich millionaires and billionaires of the world. They've commandeered Bitcoin to be their own play toy, to buy Teslas with, and to buy non-fungible tokens, which are totally useless. They're less useless than gold. And then there's going to be a third level, and that third level is where you want to invest in, in all honesty. Your third level is where you want to be, where you want to buy and sell in. That third level is the little guy, the doggy coins, the... the, 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 the um, Boy, there's a whole... There's about 200 of them. You can go on... Uh, Coinbase, you can go on the uh, what's that other one that they have out there? Um, can't think of that one now. Coin, uh, what the heck is it called? Great place to look at these cryptocurrencies is on, I'll tell you in a second. Um, crypto.com. Crypto.com is a place where people buy and sell coins. And there's a whole list of these. There's, a, there's dozens of them. And some are going up and some are going down. So you follow the ones that are going up, you follow the ones that are popular. 
that are made popular by stars, that are made popular by the likes of Elon Musk and Slim Jim. There's a couple of them out there that I've been watching. These are going to be the people's money. See, when you want to when you want to go off to a, a yard sale 20 years from now, you won't have dollar bills in your pocket. You'll have a smartphone or something similar. And you'll tap the guy's machine and say, okay, thank you. I'll take that 25 cent lamp. And what it'll do is it'll give him 25 cents worth of cryptocurrency from whichever source you choose. If it happens to be a source that's not monitored by the federal government, it's no different than a dollar bill. See where I'm coming from here? We're in the modern electronic age, but it doesn't mean we have to be chained and burdened by a federal economy and by a national and international banking system. So while the dollar bill may go the way of the, of the dodo bird, personal trades and personal transactions will never go away. If push comes to shove, we're going to knock on each other's door and say, hey, buddy, I got a copper spear. I need a stake. Do you want to trade? And how's the government going to tax you on that? So we have the ability to be who we are. We have the ability to succeed. Because what we believe is what the reality is. What we perceive is reality. We create reality one person at a time. When groups of people get together and form a community, that community creates certain rules. They create certain parks and uh, uh, buildings and housing from something that didn't exist. It wasn't there. It was in the minds of the people that created it. So reality is what we make it to be, which is what the Democrats did, unfortunately, in the last election. They created their own reality. They created the belief that things were happening that weren't. They used the mass media to promote that. And they were certain that they were going to win that election. And they did, not legitimately, but they did win. What they didn't do was convert those people that didn't believe in them to believe that what they're saying is true. And that's what we need to stick by. We need to stick by the facts as we see them, the facts as we believe them. Because, folks, these days we're being gaslighted by the media. We're being gaslighted by our peers, by those who oppose our views on politics, on religion, gun control, laws, constitution. We need to create our reality first amongst ourselves. We need to be positive and strong. We need to believe that it, that everything will work out, but not give up on the reality of it, that we need to make that imagery happen. We need to do that by promoting that as reality, by discussing that, by sitting down and convincing those who are disbelievers, whether it's disbelievers in our religion, disbelievers in our politics, or constitution.
We have to communicate without insulting. Because that's how you create reality. That's how the, me the media creates reality. We have to be the new media. We have to be vigilant. And we have to be the strong ones who stand up and create our reality, who create our place in this universe. Because if you read, again, I'm going to wax a little bit biblical here again. But in his image, he made man in his image. He made woman. God created us in his image. And if God created man and woman, then God then God is both male and female. So I don't, you know, these are the things you need to show people that that religion years ago was not all male based. It was for all the people. But God put himself, he created us in his image. Now, if you believe in the Bible, if you believe in any of the religious works out there, which basically state that we're created in God's image, then do we not have that power to utilize the powers of God, which are within us? Those powers are the powers to change reality, to create our own reality as we choose. That's where we need to stay strong. We need to realize that we or have the ability to make changes. You know, I'm going to leave you with a final story. We're going to cut a little short tonight because I'm not feeling too well this evening. But I do want to point out one very interesting thing. Years and years ago, I had a an individual in a family that was complaining about the food that was being served. Oh, can't be made. This food's no good. She can't cook. He, you know, I'm not going to eat this food at the dining room table. And I knew that, that the food that was created was absolutely horrible. The person in question couldn't cook. The person that cooked admitted that the food was horrible. And I said, look, let's try something. I told this other person, I said, hey, look, you want to try it? It really is phenomenal. It is absolutely the best. I don't even remember what dish it was that, that was made. And they said, are you sure? I'm like, no, just go ahead. You've got to try it. It's absolutely phenomenal. And I took a bite, kept my wince to my face that, so it wouldn't show. That person ate that food and said, wow, you're right. It is just about the best I've had. It was horrible. But it's that perceived reality. It was that, yes, it's good. Yes, you can do it. It's a sales technique. It's that sales technique of showing that this is better than that whether it is or it is not if you can smile and act honest and and elude, elude that the product is better than the other one or that it's better than the competitor then you're going to get the business that's how sales works so you need to be your own salesperson when you're out there promoting yourself your religion your politics and one of the ways to do that is to listen more than you talk. To create your own reality, you need to know what other people are perceiving and change those perceptions. So you need to take and turn around what they're thinking. You need to show that you're on the same page because we are in many, in many aspects of life. We're all the same. But we're being sold a bill of goods. So you start with the things that are acceptable. 
they're not necessarily reality, but they're acceptable. They're things we can agree on. And that creates a reality. If we all agree that nobody wants to get sick and die or nobody wants to get sick and not go to a hospital and get medical care because they can't afford it, or nobody wants to get shot by a crazy person, these are realities. This is our perceived reality. And these are things that we all believe in. We just don't want them to happen. In, we want them to happen in a different way. We don't want our guns taken away. We don't want to have to be, you know, jackbooted into taking a vaccine or going to a hospital of the choice of the government. But you need to start someplace. You need to start with what the reality needs to be. And then you create that reality. And that's where we need to head in this world. So I'm going to leave you with that thought. And that's your homework. See what kind of reality you can create the next week between now and the next podcast. Do something nice for someone. Talk to someone that you hate. Talk to someone that totally despises your political or religious views. And try to hold a rational conversation with them. Ask them you know, why they believe in what they believe in and what they expect. What's the end game? What, what, what do they expect as an end game in life? That's a great way to start because that covers all those topics. What do you expect in life? It's a challenge. I do it every week. I love it. I like to play with it. And the great thing is that if you make a mistake and somebody gets really pissed at you, you can say you can go 180 degrees about and say something different. And they'll totally forget about the first thing you said. Try it. It's fun. Make life a game. But bring, be sure to bring your reality into that game. Be sure that you persuade others to at least listen. It's not impossible. Like I said, I do it all the time, every day of my life. It's a game. Play it. You know, it's so wonderful, you folks, to come out. And I, I love to, to help people out and to, and to help make this world a better place. And invite some friends uh, to the podcast on Thursday nights. We're going to get some interesting things coming up down the road. Um, very uh, wonderful topics and some motivational topics. And you know, as we, as we progress, we need to try to take back and save our country. The more people we can get on these podcasts, the better. And for those who came in late, if you can help at all, we're looking for you know donations at donate.eamedia.online um, to help keep the media online. This is not for me. This is for my uh, sponsor that, 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 that holds the uh, Podbean app and allows me to speak. But it keeps the voices online. So whatever you can do, we'd really appreciate it. Um, got some great stuff at our store, too, at store.eamedia.online. Please visit. And if you can do anything for us, that's great. And if nothing else, you know, throw a few hearts and stars at your favorite podcast hosts. God bless you all. I'm so happy to have you all here tonight. You have a safe week coming up. And if there's any challenges in life or any issues, you can always contact me. You want to have a discussion online of a particular topic, please connect with me. I'm not hard to not hard to locate. Yeah, and please be sure to follow EABD as well to keep track of the latest and greatest. We have some really wonderful hosts and a lot of other great shows besides my show. And be sure to check them out as well. Thanks again, everybody, for coming tonight. You have a wonderful evening. God bless you all. And again, stay safe for the next week until we meet again next Thursday evening at 10 p.m. Same time, same place. Good night.
Good night, everybody.